Thanks for joining us for the first episode of Season 2 of Couples, Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. Yeah, the first and third Wednesday of each month, we drop episodes with advice, tips, and real-world experience for partnering in business and life. I'm Jody, a business owner and communications strategist, and I want to let retailers know that I will accept your web cookies, and I'll even give you my phone number to earn discounts. But let me make this clear. I'm not taking that survey at the bottom of the receipt, no matter how many times you circle it or highlight it. Wow. Sorry, You're not sorry. A stand for all I'm consumers. taking a stand. That, I admire that. Mm-hmm. I'm Glenn, Jody's partner in life and business, and I was thrown from a horse twice in the same day. Same horse? Same horse, same day, within, I think, an hour, uh, once into a pile of rocks, and then under a clothesline. It earned me some bruises and the nickname Bronco for a short time. <laughs> On today's show, we discuss the most common response we get from people when they find out we work with our spouse. Then, check in with relationship expert Charlie Simpson about compromise and finding common ground. And at the end of the episode, we take yet another couples quiz. Now, without further ado, let's get started with episode... One. One of Couples, Inc. It was Tuesday afternoon and I was just about to close up shop when the door opened and she walked in. Hello? I'm looking for Sham Shade. That's me. What's up, Toots? It's my husband. I think he... Wants to fool around on you? No, that's not it. He wants a divorce? No, no, no. Of course not. I think he wants to work with me. And that's a bad thing? Of course. You know when you work with your spouse you end up killing each other. Okay, so we decided to have a little fun to illustrate our point, but our, <laughs> but yeah, fun, yeah, and and to, uh, I guess, flex our dramatic muscles a, little, a bit. That's right, sweetheart. And that has our, to be the worst Vogue impersonation of all time. We kind of played up the drama, but I kid you not, I feel like I hear that phrase so much when I say I work with my husband, and uh, our frequent guest, Jane Levine, brought this topic up because she and her husband, Scott, hear this too, and the very next day after I read Jane's email about, hey, here's a suggested topic, mm-hmm. I went to a new dental hygienist, and I told her I worked, not specifically with you, but with my husband, because it's not a case of like, you know, she knows you and she thinks I would kill you or you'd kill me, but anyway, my dental hygienist said the exact same phrase I don't think I could work with my husband. We mm. would kill each other. And, you know, again, Jane and I had talked about, why does it always go to that extreme? I mean, I get what people say, oh, I don't think I could work with him. But it goes straight to yeah. serious consequences. The escalation. And, yeah. And it's like, I don't understand why it's so so negative. I, mean, I, I get sometimes people, again, wouldn't feel like they could work with their spouse. But sometimes we get shock. And then, again, mm-hmm. we would kill each other. And I don't, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? The first thing that comes to my mind is that they put themselves, you know, in a zero to 60 moment. Right. You take a snapshot of that, and then you go from the saying of it to actually putting themselves in the situation with everything they know over the months and years of their relationship and it, they don't approach it from a business standpoint. They approach it from the personal standpoint. Well, and you say everything they know. It's everything they know about, say, and particularly if they have small kids, the hour they have after a long day at work, putting mm-hmm. the kids to bed, and then they don't want to be near anybody. Mm-hmm. 
and they're already kind of on like, you know, on edge. If you just measured that, of course, you're not going to want to spend, you know, eight hours or 12 hours on in a company with somebody if you're basing it on that hour where you're edgy and you're on each other's nerves and someone forgot to take the trash out, someone didn't put the towels in the dryer. That's, it's like, like you said, a snapshot. Yeah. It's much easier for two people, I think, to lose their coupleness when both partners work in separate locations. Mm -hmm. And that's the model for most people. I think it's still the couples that work together like us are kind of an anomaly it's growing, I think, but it's always been sort of that, uh, oh, well, I could never do that, you know, type of thing. If you work in separate locations, your worlds are apart for eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, mm-hmm. however long. People are making it work. Yeah. It's not that unusual. You know, we we are a small group, but um, I mean, we're I did, growing. we're growing. Well, I did some research on this. Um, 64% of the U.S. GDP come from family-owned businesses. What? And 1.4 million businesses in the U.S. are run by husband and wife teams. I'll put a link in the show notes to this. So it's not, we hire people, we work on things, we build the economy, we are there. It's Mm -hmm. just, I I don't think people truly get a sense of what it would be like to work with their spouse. Um, But different personalities doesn't mean it's impossible. And the killing comes later. And the killing, and again, why the, why the killing? Now, I do have to say, for some people, I don't think they, I don't think the killing is correct. But maybe they won't be able to work together. You don't want to kill me, do you? No. Well, now I'm paranoid because that's exactly what a killer would say. That's true. If I wanted to surprise you, but you know how I like to plan, so you'd see it on the calendar up there. Oh, it would in my be, office. Yeah. It would be It'd clearly be on my schedule. Yeah, I'd have to check to make sure your calendar worked. It. W- I'm such a planner. planner. Yeah. We spoke with relationship counselor Charlie Simpson on why it's so hard for couples to imagine working together. Here's what he had to say. What do you advise couples to do if they have just fundamentally different views on, say, money or business goals, workload or life balance? If they just clearly have different ideas, what's the first step to try to help them? The first step is to one and most importantly is to communicate. Ultimately, we want to get to compromising. And I'll share this with some of those issues, work life balance, money, you know, business hours, amount of time spent working. Some couples will be able to compromise and communicate through any type of situation. And I'm going to give a scenario. I'm going to use a scenario through all of our questions. So let's say we have uh, Pat and, and Adam and Pat and Adam are both business owners and they spend a lot of time building their, their business. And Adam wakes up in the morning and Pat simply asks, Hey, what is your schedule like today? Will you be home by five? Adam simply says, yes, I'll be home. Pat asks, can you go and pick up the kids once you come home? Adam says, no problem. She says, I'm just going to stay a little longer at the job just to get some paperwork completed. Adam says, just fine. Adam picks up the kids. Pat comes home and everything is just fine. Those are couples that I typically will not see (laughs) in my counseling. (laughs) 
<laughs> those couples have just found a way to be able to compromise. A lot of those issues might not be one of their issues, but when it comes to working together, they'll find ways to communicate, to compromise, and they'll be able to execute the plan moving forward. The challenge becomes when those particular topics or any topic becomes a trigger for that couple and then they begin to struggle through that through that situation. And when you get to that particular level as a couple, you have to be able to slow the communication down. You don't go into the compromising quite yet because there are some deeper components that the couple must communicate through in order to then move forward to the compromising. You're talking about, you know, there may be a bigger issue. Some things may be triggers. So, for instance, Pat mm-hmm. is has been picking up the kids every day, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a issue for her to ask Adam. Mm-hmm. So, so for them, this is an issue that is more difficult for them to work on. Say, right. for instance, if they have that history. So, mm-hmm. of those items, are there you know is there an area that is more difficult for couples, mm-hmm. or does it just depend on what are those triggers for the couples? It definitely depends on the trigger for the, those particular couples. Let me go back to Pat and Adam. Same scenario. Adam says, "Hey, I don't have a problem picking up the kids today." What time will you be home? She goes in to say, well, it'll probably take me about an hour and a half to complete the paperwork. I'll be home, say, about eight o'clock or so. Adam come back and says, you're never home. Why I always have to pick up the kids. Now you're starting to go into something that's happening for that couple that's a little bit deeper. That is the trigger. Now, what typically will happen for that couple is they're going to argue about work hours. They're going to argue about not being there for the kids, work-life balance issues. They're going to stay on that surface and continue to uh, butt heads or have an impasse pertaining to any of those issues. And typically, they will slide those issues under the rug. And when they... When they begin to uh, move under the rug, that's when you begin to see couples really start to fall into this, this, this emotional disconnect and they find themselves just kind of going through the motions. How can people find that common ground that keeps both parties happy mm-hmm. and uh, achieves a blend in the relationship, so to speak? Happiness comes with being able to find the compromise. If Adam turns to Pat and says, I've really been missing you and I would love for us to be able to connect. Pat can turn to Adam and say, hey, is it all right if I do about 30 minutes today? And then when I get home, we'll just do some things for us. Now you're starting to move into common ground. You're starting to move into a direction of compromising. And next thing you know, they can put a plan together. They can execute it and they can move forward. But it's it's important to be able to just go underneath the issue. First and foremost, realize that there is something underneath the issue. Go straight to that place and then communicate through that before you get to the common ground or the compromise. time for that wacky couples quiz once again here are your hosts jody and glenn 
because we've been talking about couples who work together mm-hmm. and the murder aspect. Right. The, this, which, we, which we totally dispelled in our first segment, that there is no reason. Kind of geared it toward the criminal couples. Okay. Some of them are famous. Okay. Some not so famous. So let's see how well I know my criminal couples. Yes. Okay. This has to do with the things that they did. Okay. Okay. All right. First question. Bonnie and Clyde, you know them. Everybody knows them. Everybody knows them. Apparently, everybody loves them. They, they have a very high approval rating on Google. <laughs> do they have a Yelp review, though? They, I haven't seen the Yelp no. channel yet, but I don't really do Yelp that much. Yeah. So All I right. think so they made Google bank reviews. managers Yelp. Okay. Bonnie um, and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Okay, this is about Clyde. Clyde Barrow. What was his first arrest related to? Was it A, robbing a bank? B, speeding? C, failing to return a rental car, or D, defacing a policeman's badge. Ooh, I don't think he jumped straight to, I don't know anything about their history. And I, I, I've seen only parts of the movies. I feel like it's the policeman's badge defacing it. No, he failed to return a rental car. I was thinking that yeah. was my that was what I was going to, but I was like thinking, do they have rental cars back then? Yeah. I know that sounds... Well, he was a teenager at the time. This is before he ever met up with Bonnie or anything like that. And his first crime was borrowing the car. Oh. I don't think he ever put like a deposit down or I'm not sure how it did worked. He, but the, more importantly, then. did he accept the insurance or did he decline <laughs> that? Uh, now, number two, this is about Bonnie. Okay. Of Bonnie and Clyde fame. Mm-hmm. Bonnie Parker brought Clyde a gift while visiting him in jail for that offense. Okay. The failing to return the rental car. What was that gift? Was it A, a file, B, a cake, C, clean underwear, or D, a gun? I'm going to go with a gun. You are absolutely right. <gasps> it was a gun, and Clyde used that gun to escape from jail. How did she get that in there, though? I don't know. Well, it I guess was the 20s. Are... You could take anything into a jail, I guess. Yeah. Only to be apprehended shortly afterward. So he was he got out, and then he went back in. Right, on, okay. In short order. Number three. This is a little bit serious, this one here, and it's kind of controversial. Okay. So put your controversial earplugs on if you're easily offended. Ethel and Julius Rosenberg. Okay. Were tried and convicted of what crime? I think I know this. Was it A, espionage, B, counterfeiting, C, making bootleg whiskey, or D, siphoning gasoline from police cars? Espionage. Yeah. I feel like I remember seeing something about that on, on I can't remember what network. And again, I don't think I ever watched it. I'm not a big true crime person, mm. but I feel like I saw a preview or something about their story. They allegedly sold atomic bomb secrets to Russia. Oh. Yeah. It's, mm. The feds don't like that. They, they, they frown on that behavior. They do. My last question okay. here. Crystal Evans... And Denise McClure were two friends who were caught trying to steal something from a delivery truck driver. What were they after? Is it A, a urine sample, B, the driver's money, C, a package that ultimately contained a glitter bomb, or D, a case of rare bourbon? Glitter bomb? No, it was a urine sample. 
Crystal had not submitted, a urine bomb. No. <laughs> okay. A urine glitter bomb. It would have been better if it was a glitter bomb, though. I like well, okay. the idea can, of glitter. We can say it's both. Okay. Uh, Crystal had had given a sample, or it had you know done the sample for her probation officer, and she was paranoid that it would test positive for drugs, but it turned out to be clean. So they did all that for, for nothing. For nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. The fact that we know their names mean there really weren't good criminals. Yeah, we could like they could they may have a good rating, Bonnie and Clyde, but if they were really good, they'd be they would have been li- living very wealthily off of their you know, ill-gotten gains. Yeah, the Caymans or something. And no one would have been wiser, but instead, I guess they, you know, we we know about these people and how many times you ever see those stupid criminal things where the person actually like was on a bus but didn't put the ski mask on until after like everyone saw it oh, and yeah. it's like that's not how ski masks work yeah. but yeah and so they didn't criminals, even go skiing no i know that seems like a waste right there but um all right so how did i do did i win no crime doesn't pay uh, of course not Thanks for listening to Couples Inc., a place where we help couples work better together. We drop new episodes the first and third Wednesday of each month, but to make sure you don't miss a show, follow us wherever fine podcasts are published. And if you enjoyed this episode and you want to support the podcast, share it with others, post it on social media, or leave a rating or review. And please visit our website, couplesincpodcast.com. That's couplesincpodcast.com. To learn more about us, review show notes, or leave us a message. Until next time.